everyone. This is Pastor Ryan, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Live Alive Church, and I just want to thank you for listening in. I hope this message encourages you, strengthens your faith, and causes you to keep pressing forward for who God has called you to be and created you to be. God bless. In the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verse 12. And when you're there, say amen. Exodus, chapter 33, verse 12. This is what the Bible says. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go up with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked me. My God, somebody needed to hear that. God will do the very thing that you have asked him. How will you be distinguished between the other people of the earth? How? Because when you pray, God will answer your request. And he will do exactly what you have asked him to do. He said, I will do the very thing you have asked me. My God, I don't know who that was for. If you've been praying that God would open up a door of opportunity, I believe that it's coming. I believe if you've been asking God for deliverance in an area of your life, I believe that he will do the very thing He's asked you that you've asked him to do. I believe if you just continue to reach out to him and call out to him and by his name, he will change the circumstances that are around you. He will change everything for your good. I believe it. Do you believe it? He says, I will do the very thing you have asked me because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. My God, he knows every hair that's on your head. He knows all about your life. Because he is the author and the finisher. He has already written the book. He's already written the story. He's already placed you and wrote your name in the book of life. You are already, if you are saved today, you are born again Christian. Your name is written in the book of life today. Can you give God glory for that today? Knowing that you are in the book today. My God, that if you were to be absent from the body today, you would be present with the Lord and that you would be in the presence of the Almighty King and that everything that you have already done on earth and worshipped Him, you would be pouring out all your heart to Him and you would see His nail-scarred hand and you would see all of Him in His glory today just like Moses is getting ready to ask Him. My God, I feel it. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. 
and I will proclaim my name, the Lord in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. No, you can, you can, you can see something else, but you can't see my face. Why? For no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. There's a place you may stand, and it's, 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 on, it's on the rock. And, and his name is, what's his name? His name is Jesus. His name is Yeshua. He, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock. My God, he not only will you stand on a rock, but you will be in him, in the cleft of the rock, because you and him are one. And when you become one with him, you are in him and him in you. My God, let, mm, that's just another sermon in Jesus' name. This is what he says. I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand. Until I have passed by. I want you to underline that. Highlight that. I will put you in the cleft. In the rock. And cover you with my hand. Until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand. And you will see my back. But my face. Must not be seen. That's as far as we need to go. And this is part two. Of the message, the hand of God. And it will be about his covering. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord. You may be seated. I thank you, Jesus, for your word. Father, I thank you that your presence is here with us. I thank you that, Lord, your word is true and holy. That it's the infallible word of God. That will set free and deliver and change our lives. I pray, God, that during this message that we will get a glimpse of who you are deeper. I pray that the intimacy, God, between us would become stronger. Father, that we would pray more. That we would praise more. That we would dance more. That we would sing louder. That we will walk into our calling deeper. Oh, Father, that we would continue, God, to operate in the element that you've called us in deeper. I pray for a fire that's hotter, a passion that's stronger. Father, I pray over every individual here, God, that your tongues of fire would rest upon them. And God, that you would have your way in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. So those of you that have not been here last week, I have started a series. We have started a series on the body of God. And what God was speaking to me about it, he said, I want you to start a series on the body of God. I said, okay, God, I'll talk about us and what the church means to become the body. And he said, no, son, I need you to speak about who I am. He said, I need you to talk about my hand. I need you to talk about my hair. I need you to talk about my eyes. I need you to talk about my mouth, my voice. 
And I said, okay, God, that's, that's, you're getting a little deep on me here. And, and last week we, we talked about the touch of God. And, and we talked about the difference about how he creates and how he forms. And I need to give you a little bit of background before we get into this next part of this message because so that way you can follow along with me and understand where I'm going. So we talked about last week how there's a difference about what God creates and what God forms and the difference between what he creates and what he forms. What God creates is what God speaks from his mouth. Because in the beginning of Genesis, he said, let there be light. And everything that he spoke into existence was what he spoke out of his mouth. So what he had already, what he was creating was what he was speaking out of his mouth. So in other words, what God creates is what he declares. But what God forms is what he develops. Because we spoke about how God had created the earth and the heavens by what he declared out of his mouth. But we talked about how God, when it came to mankind, and he said, let us make man in our own image. He took us out of the dust of the earth and formed us with his hands. He already spoke the earth into existence by what he created and he declared. But he formed you out of the earth and out of what he had already created. It's getting deep because you got to understand where I'm going with this. And the difference is but what he creates and what he declares is by his mouth. What he forms is he said when I have to make something so special I had to touch it. I had to form it with my hand. I had to mold it. I had to shape it. I had to develop it. And that's why we go through seasons where we struggle and we feel like God isn't there. It's because even though you may be going through a dark season, it's because God is trying to develop. He's trying to, he's trying to mold. He's trying to conform. He's trying to develop who you are in the season of life that you're going through. He's trying to make you stronger, better, happier. He's trying to make you better than who you were yesterday. I've always said if you ain't grown, more than you were yesterday then you're not growing at all we should always take another step deeper and further into who God has called us to be he is taking he, he is touching us he's creating us he's developing us and we talked about how the Bible says that we have been brought near to God by the blood of Jesus Christ in other words that word near means that God has shaped he has molded he has created us we're so near to him Steve that God in other words we're so near by his blood that God says I'm so you're so near by the blood of the lamb that I'm actually touching you that's how near I am to you that's how close I am to you that's how close you're getting to where I'm calling you that's how close you're getting to the promise that I've spoke over your life that's how close you're getting to the destiny that I've I've, I've already already called and I've already spoken I've already I'm developing you I've already God said I spoke the earth and created the earth I just had to create you and develop you and form you out of what I've already created Amen. your promise is already created your promise has already been spoken into existence God already knows it he already knows when you're going to enter it he already knows when each thing is going to happen in your life he said I just have to form you for the promise that I have fit for you and that I've created you to and that I've called you to my God do you hear what I'm saying I believe that each person in this place has a call and a promise over their lives that God is trying to get you fit 
for, that God is trying to develop you for. God has already spoken just like he created the earth from what he declared out of his mouth. The Bible says that he didn't touch it. The Bible says that he didn't form it with his hand. He just spoke it and said, let there be light, and there was light. But the only thing that he had to get close to and touch was the human body. And we talked about how God first formed the earth and then he filled the earth. And we talked about how God formed the human body, but the only way he filled it was with the breath of God. He, he had to fill it. And then we talked about how on the day of Pentecost, how there was just the form of the body there. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled that room. God is, God is always forming. He's always filling. He's always creating. He's always conforming you to who he's called you to be. He's trying to get us ready for what he's called us to do, Danelle. You hear me? He's already, his promises are yes and amen. He's already created that husband for you. He's already created that house with the white picket fence. It's already there in the future. He's just got to get you ready for what he's called you to. And if you don't get ready, you better get ready because I believe that God is getting ready to do something suddenly. I keep hearing that in my spirit. That Look, David, I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's created in you something so special and something so spectacular, something so glorious something so marvelous that you have to let God form you and create you and transform you and that's what his touch does it transforms us into who he has called us to be it develops us into who he's calling us to be my God I'm not even to the message yet Woo. so now that we understand that God spoke creation into existence and he conformed man by his hands now I want to talk about God and his covering and how God covers us. In other words, I want to talk about his protection. I want to talk about his hand of protection, how it covers you, how it shields you, how it keeps you, how it keeps you safe from the enemy's harm and from the enemy's traps and from the enemy's hiccups that he's tried to bring into your life to try to get you to destroy you from the destiny that he's called you to. Do you understand what I'm saying? He he wants to destroy you before you get to the destiny because he's afraid about who you can become and who God can develop develop you into and what he has for your future he's afraid of what he's going to do with inside of you and and if we can just continue to just say you know what devil you have no stand in my life you will not hold me back you cannot hold me back from what God has for me I will continue to push forward I will continue to fight I will continue to strive he said Paul even said look Paul even said I don't even care about those things which are behind me but I press forward to the high calling that is in Christ Jesus Jesus, because we always have to reach for what God has for us. We got to reach. We've got to reach. Tell your neighbor we got to reach. Come on. We got to reach. We got to reach. We got to reach. Now we understand the creation. We understand that God conformed. Now I want to talk about his covering. We know that in the, in, in the book of Genesis chapter 2 that God had walked with man. He walked with him in the cool of the day in the garden. He walked with Adam and he walked with Eve. And, and because they disobeyed God, he, because they disobeyed God, and you know the story how Eve was, was, was distracted by the enemy and, and how Eve was, you know, there's always, the enemy is always trying to destroy something. The Bible says that the enemy has came to, steal, kill, and destroy. And, but God has came to bring us life and life more abundantly. So we know that in the beginning of the Bible, I'm going somewhere, just follow me. 
in the beginning of the Bible, we know that Eve was tempted by the apple. He was tempted by the, she was tempted by the devil. And she took not the apple, but fruit, whatever it was, an apple, pomegranate, whatever you want to, I don't know. Nobody really knows what it was. It's just a fruit. It was something that the enemy had tempted them, tempted her with. And now that she had took a bite of it, and now that Adam had taken a bite of it, sin entered into the world. And we know that sin entered into the world, and we know that by that, that God, that God had that that God had banished them from the garden, the Bible says. And what they tried to do is, is they tried to cover themselves. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. Because you, if you remember, God was walking around the garden saying, saying, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Just because God asks you a question doesn't mean he doesn't know the answer because he is the answer. He just wants you to understand where you think you are. Has God ever asked you that? You've been depressed. You've been set back. You've been going through storms. You've been going through difficulty. You've been going through circumstances, and sometimes it weighs upon our lives, and it feels like we can't be all that God has called us to be, and sometimes God hits you with, where are you? Who do you think you are? God says that you are a child of God and that you are worthy and that you are called. In other words, he's asking you, he's asking, where are you? What's going on? He's trying to get you to ask, answer that yourself. Like, oh, what am I doing? Where am I? Why am I struggling? I shouldn't be going through this. I shouldn't be battling like this. God has given you a strength that you don't even know you have. He's given you an anointing that you haven't even tapped into yet that you don't even know you have. God is doing something so spectacular and something so gr so great in your life that you don't even know yet that you even have it. But I want you to understand that even though they, they took these fig leaves and they took these because they, they said that they have seen that they were naked. That's why they covered themselves up with fig leaves. And now that now the Bible says they covered themselves in fig leaves. And God said, I have to cover you in skin now. Mm, I'm going somewhere with this. He said, I have to cover you in skin of an animal, of a lamb. So God, in other words, slaughtered a lamb to cover them from their nakedness, from their shamelessness because they felt shame and they, they felt all these things and God banished them from the garden. Something that was something that was glorious, something where they walked with God and they talked with God and they 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 communed with God and they they they, they didn't they didn't know of, of of pain. They didn't know of these things that, that we now experience today. They were with God and walked with God and experienced His power and experienced Him in His glory. But now that they disobeyed God, sin had entered into the world and God banished them from the very place that He put them in the first place. <clears throat> if we would look at that, we would say, God, you're punishing them for what they did. But I'm here to tell you today that God was not punishing them. He was protecting them. 
God was not punishing them for what they did. He was protecting them from what they did. Because, the, because they ate from that, their eyes were open and they were able to see like God saw. And they were able to do things like God did. And they were able to see their shamelessness, see their nakedness, and see the struggle that they were facing. So God said, I don't want you to have to feel shame. I don't want you to have to feel the struggle. I don't want you to have to feel that. He said, I'm not, I'm not punishing you. I'm protecting you from it. So I have to banish you from what you had did so that way I can get you away from it and protect you from your shamelessness, protect you from your nakedness. And I believe that's what God is doing us today. We go through struggles, we go through battles, and we think God is punishing us for what we've done wrong or a, a, a pitfall that we've fallen into or something that we, we, we should have never got into, something we should have never struggled with, a sin that we might have entered into. And, and, and we feel like God is punishing us now because of what we did. But God says, I'm going to allow you to feel the way you feel, not because I'm punishing you, but because I'm trying to protect you from not going back to that very thing I'm trying to deliver you from. He, he's protecting us. He's, he's trying to develop us. He's trying to pour his grace and his mercy and cover us with the blood of the Lamb. Just like he covered them and from their nakedness and covered them from their shame. And, you know, Levi the other day, you know, I'm always telling my kids they think that I'm trying to punish them by, by when they, you, you know how kids are. They're always running around doing stuff they shouldn't do, touching things they shouldn't touch and, you know, knocking stuff over and just making a mess and doing all kinds of stuff. And, and you know, sometimes I get, you know, I don't yell at them, but my voice gets loud and, you know, don't do that. Don't touch this. Don't go in there. Don't mess with that. There's always a reason behind why I'm telling you don't mess with it. I'm not trying to punish you from touching it. I'm trying to protect you from getting it. You understand? You know. But this is what happened with Levi. I'm going to give you a little illustration. So Levi and Liam, they like to... There, we have our, our couches in our living room up against two windows in the front of the house. So Liam and Levi, they like to stand on the back of the couch and look out the window, and they got their handprints all over the window, and I always yell at them, stop climbing on the back of the couch before you fall and hurt yourself. So one night, you know, you know how the weather's changing, and it was nice and cool outside. It was a little warm in the house, so we just opened up the front windows in the house, you know, Liam and Levi, they, 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 we put them in the bath, and as soon as we got them out of the bath, we got them dressed, and, and I'm vacuuming. I'm in the living room vacuuming, you know, giving some of you husbands a little, you know what I mean? Future husbands there, vacuum. I'm vacuuming, and I'm vacuuming, and, and Levi, I see him on the top of the couch, but I'm like, oh, he's good. He, you know, I'm not going to yell at him this time. And, and all of a sudden, you know, mind you, we had, the, we had the windows open. We had the windows open. You know, there's screens. You know, we had the screens and stuff like that. So what happened with Levi was, is he was trying to hide between the couch and down in between the window. And when he stuck himself behind the couch in between the couch and the window, he goes flying through the window outside. So he broke the screen and fell outside, and I saw it by a glimpse of my eye. And, I mean, it was like an angel just 
the Holy Ghost just came right on me. And I just, I mean, I flew to that. The only thing I knew is I flew to the back of the couch, put myself out the window, and grabbed his hand and pulled him up back through the window through the house. It scared me to death. He, he, look, it scared me to death. I was shaking. I was scared. He was hurt. He was, and it was a little raining outside. I pulled him through the window. He had some mud. As soon as, as soon as he had, I pulled him through the window. I took him right into the bath. Dropped him right into the, and he's crying, and he's fussing, and he's upset, and he, and he, he was scared. He don't know what happened, and, and luckily, we don't have a two-story house or anything like that. That would have really been bad, but thank you, Jesus, for protecting him and keeping him safe, but something that I was not, he thought I was always trying to punish him by telling him not to walk on the couch. There was a reason why, because of what just happened and, and how he went through the window. I was trying to protect him and prevent that from happening, and that's the same thing God does in our lives. He's not punishing us from things. He's trying to protect us because he knows if you go to the if if, if you go to the bar and you and you get all drunk up and you get all liquored up and you know you know that something bad could happen. You could get in a car accident if you're driving and drinking and and he knows if you if you if you if you're doing drugs and you're you're doing heroin like a lot of that stuff that's going on around today. He know he he's not trying to punish you from you know that that's what I always thought. You're trying to punish me to send me to rehab. Punishing me for what I did. You need to send me to rehab. No. They were just trying to protect me from doing something. From You know what they always try to say? It's either jail, the grave, or institutions all your life when you're on drugs. You know, I always thought, you're just punishing me. You know, Dave? You're punishing me. You're trying to send me to rehab. You're punishing me because of what I did. No. they, Our family was trying to protect us from hurting ourselves or hurting someone else. And I can see God now in the spiritual realm. I feel like God is doing the same thing in somebody's life right now. I believe that there's some things that we struggle with, things that we battle with, where God had literally told you to stop doing something, but it, you ended up doing it anyway. And maybe you fell a little bit. Maybe you slipped a little bit. A little bit. But I can see, just like, I, just like the father I am, I reached out that window, grabbed him by his hand, and pulled him right back through the window. I see God doing the same thing with somebody right now. I see God reaching out where you had fell and I see him picking you up with his hand and pulling you back right into the arms of the father and I see him taking you just like I did my little boy and put him in the bath and washed him off and cleaned him off from the mud I see God doing the same thing in your life and he's trying to cleanse you and wash you and purify you and develop you and change you and his grace is upon you and he's covering you with his hand he's covering you He's not punishing us. He's protecting us from the very things that can try to destroy us, from things the enemy is trying to do destroy us because there's some things that look good, taste good, smell good, but are not God. There's things that are tempting. There's things that we struggle with. But, you know, God, it's not that God is trying to punish you from telling you, no, no, you shouldn't do that. It's not his punishment. That's his protection. And we have to understand that God is our protector. God is our savior. God, look, look, God is, God is our transformer. And that's what he wants to do in our lives. He wants to transform us, to make us better, to make us new, to create in us who he has called us to be. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? So now that sin had entered into the world, now that sin had entered into the world, what happened was is that God's physical hand had been separated from them. From them walking in the cool of the day, walking with God, talking with God, not knowing pain, not knowing anything like that. And the Bible says that women would know of childbearing through pain. And now you would have to till from the earth to, to produce, you know, food. And, you know, you can go back through and read it. I don't have time to go through all that. I'm just giving you, giving you, giving you a little bit of background on what's going on. And so what happened was God removed his physical hand. But he revealed his spiritual hand through signs and wonders. So he, 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 he removed his physical hand from Adam and Eve and he kicked them out of the garden. But he, didn't, he, he, he might have removed his physical hand in that moment. But he, he re, he's revealing his hand all through the Old Testament, all through the scriptures by his signs and wonders. So now that God couldn't be with us physically... He couldn't, use, he couldn't use his hand physically anymore like he did with Adam and Eve. So what God did was he was saying, I can't physically use my hand for mankind. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to use them to be my hands on earth. Watch me. So now that he can't use his physical hand, now that through scripture it's a symbolism of the hand of God by his signs and by his wonders. So now God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let my people who I've created and who I've called be my hands on earth. Because now there's this separation between me and them. So I can't physically be with them anymore like I was with Adam and Eve. So now what I can do for me to get things done on earth, I have to use them to be my hands. So that's why when God was getting ready to bring a flood on the earth and, and he was getting ready to flood the earth, he said, what did he say? He said, Noah was faithful in the eyes of the Lord. He said he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So what happened was is that he told Noah, I'm getting ready to bring wicked. There's so much wickedness on the earth, I'm getting ready to bring a flood on the earth. And what did he tell him? He said, I want you to build an ark. I'll build an ark to save your people and to save all the animals on the earth. So he said, I can't physically do it, but I need you to do what I need you to do so what I'm doing is, is I'm trying to protect you and cover you from what's getting ready to destroy the earth do you understand what I'm saying so he told Noah to build an ark he told him to make it out of wood and make it out of all these things and and what did Noah do he had to, he couldn't just poof and it was there he he had to do it hand by hand piece by piece board by board you know animal by animal that he got into the he, he got into the ark so what God was doing was he said you know what I'm about to bring a flood to destroy all the things on the earth except your family and except the animals on the earth so what I'm going to do is you're going to build this ark I can't do it for you but I'm going to tell you how to do it and God gave him measurement after measurement and downloaded everything that he needed to do to build this ark to make it capable for the flood waters that was going to come on the earth my God I feel like that just spoke to somebody right there God is trying to tell you what to do exactly what to do he's trying to get you to cross every I cross every T so that way you can step into everything that he's called you to do and called you to be and so what happened was is Noah my God he built this ark so what God was saying is I'm going to use that ark to cover you and to protect you from the thing that I'm going to destroy
destroy on the earth so that way you can be safe, your family can be safe. I feel like that's for somebody. Somebody might be going through a flood. Somebody might be going through a storm. But I feel like God has, has, is getting you to build an ark. He's, he's getting you to build something that you never even thought was capable for you to do. But God is getting ready to do something so magnificent, I believe, that he's getting ready to get, do something so great. I'm telling you, he's getting ready to do something within you, within this ministry, within this city. I believe it. I believe it. Do you believe it today? Not only did he use Noah to build an ark, but God used Moses and the staff that was in his hand. So Moses was a, 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 like Christ, what they say, scholars, a pre-incarnate of Christ. He was a, like, a Christ-like character in the Bible. So what God was saying is, I can't physically be there and be your hands, so I need you to be my hands. So God told Moses, what is that in your hand? And it was a staff in his hand. And we all know that, that Moses used that staff in his hand to, for signs and wonders for what God had spoke through him to try to pull the children of Israel out of Egypt. Because we all know the story that they were in bondage, they were enslaved and and they were they were bound and they were they were struggling and and Moses God used Moses to pull them up out of Egypt and God what happened with all the plagues, the ten plagues that were, were sent to Egypt and how God had protected the children of Israel but brought all the plagues amongst the um, the, the Egyptians. But with every plague, Steve, God told Moses to use his hand, to stretch out his hand. Stretch out the, the staff in your hand and stretch out your hand and pick up the dust of the earth and with your hand and throw it in the air and there was a dust storm and there was flies and there go through it all, frogs everywhere. Everything that was developed that happened, Moses used with his hands. And then we get to the place where they finally, the, 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 the Egyptians are chasing them with the horses and chariots. And as they're getting ready to come out of bondage, they're coming out of, they're, they're being delivered. You understand me? They're being delivered. So they come to this point where there's a big body of water and, and we, we can't get across this. So what God tells Moses is he says, stretch out your staff. And when he stretched out his staff, the waters parted. It was the hand of God. The, see, God was using his signs and his wonders. He couldn't use his physical hand anymore. So he said, you know what? I'm going to use my spiritual hand. So what I have to do is I'm going to use you to do it. But it's really me doing it. So use use your hands, stretch out the staff. But you know we we you know sometimes we get to a place like yeah I'm doing it, but God's like no, I'm doing it. You understand me? And so when they get to they finally get to the other side, the Israelites get they they walk through on dry ground. The Bible says, and they get to the other side, and the Bible says that when Moses got to the other side, he closed his hands and the water. Drowned all the Egyptians and drowned all the, the, the enemy that was trying to come against them and to pursue them. And the Bible says that the hand of the Lord is what brought their salvation. The hand of the Lord. It was, it was the hand 
It, it wasn't Moses' hand. It was the hand of the Lord. You don't believe me? You don't believe me? You don't believe me? That's what the Bible says. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with, all, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. When the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. When they saw what? Not Moses' hand. How did they see the Lord's hand? By what? By his power, by, his, by the sign, by the wonders, by what he had displayed and showed them. Because Moses, we know Moses couldn't do that by himself. We know that you can't do what you do by yourself. We know that we can't do what we do by ourselves. We know we can't sing. We can't shout. We can't preach. We can't do all that by ourselves. It's the anointing that makes the difference. I can't do this, what I'm doing, by myself. I need the hand of the Lord. I need the anointing of God. I need his presence, his spirit with me to do what I'm doing. I've, hear, I've heard people say, oh, it's easy. I could get up there and preach. And all of a sudden, they get up there and Sound like Donald Duck. Look, it might look easy, but it's the anointing that makes it look easy. It's, 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 it's not me. I can't do this by myself. So God, not only did God tell Noah to build an ark and use his hands and, and to build an ark to cover them, Moses, God used Moses' hand to, 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 to protect them from, from all the plagues and to protect them from, from the enemy trying to pursue them and trying to destroy them. And God saved them and brought them to the other side and was getting ready to bring them to the promised land that God had spoken. See, the promise, just like I said earlier, it's already created. Moses Say, go get my people out of, out, of, out of Egypt to take them to the promised land. Take them to a place that is flowing with milk and honey. See, the promise is already created. It's already flowing. It's already, it's got milk all over it. It's got honey all in it. Krispy Kreme donuts. Candy apples. I mean, I'm telling you, it's already there. God is just trying to, to protect you from those things that the enemy is trying to leech itself onto you. It's not him punishing you. It's him protecting you. Do you hear me? It's him protecting you. So he said, I can't use my physical hand anymore like I did with Adam and Eve where I walked with them, talked with them, shared with them, communed with them. So now what I have to do is I'm going to use my people because now there's a separation to be my hands on earth. So Noah built the ark. Moses used your staff. Now watch this. David used the sling. Everybody else was scared when Goliath was taunting them. Israel army. The children of God. David, just a little boy. Not scared one bit. What did he do? He went to, he ran, the Bible says he ran to the battle. I mean, he didn't, he didn't. See, this, this is some of us. We know when we get in a battle with the enemy. Uh, I mean, this is David, though. He just, I'm ready. 
I think we all need to be ready for when the battle comes because there's going to be one that's going to come, but we need to stand and stand there for and understand that we have to be girded with the belt of truth and have on our helmet of salvation, our breastplate of righteousness and our boots of peace. You know what the boots were like back then, Steve? They had big old cleats that hung off of them and everywhere they stepped, things was getting out. They would just destroy everything that they stepped on. Bodies all over the ground that were still living that they that they fought battles with. They, they would take these cleats and they would just trample under the enemy on their feet and it was just, my God, everything that they stepped on, they were getting victory in their lives. That's what we have to do. You know, I was in college and when I was in Bible college uh, and I, I've said this before, you know, he, he the professor said, has anybody put their armor of God on today? Everybody. I mean, bright with a smile. Me, I put mine on. He said, well, why did you ever take it off? I said, you tricked me. You, you tricked me. You tricked me. But I understand. I mean, we can't take off the body of, of the armor of God that is around our lives because the enemy knows exactly when to get you, exactly when to trick you, exactly when to trap you, exactly when to get you right at the right moment. And I know for myself that the enemy will always try to attack when you're physically tired, spiritually tired, and emotionally tired because he knows that's when you're the weakest and he can hit you with whatever he wants to hit you with. He can tell you you're unworthy. Now, you walk around, I'm unworthy. You just believe it. I'm unworthy. I can't do this. You just, you just called down fire from heaven, Elijah, in one word since you running under a terebinth tree. And then God showed up with angels to provide food. Remember I preached that message? He said, get up and eat. I, I believe that some of us just, we need to stop sitting still and understand what God is doing in our lives. And we just got to get up and eat. We got to get up and fight. Continue to move forward. Continue to let the enemy know that we are who God says we are, not who he says we are. And we need to keep pursuing him with all righteousness and with all peace and with all prosperity, knowing that within us that we are who God says we are. Because that's the only thing that the enemy tries to get you with is your identity. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. He tries to get you with it. And the pride of life. But one thing he tries to destroy you with is your identity and who God really says that you are. You'll leave this you'll leave this today. You'll leave today in the presence of God, a powerful move of God. And the enemy will whisper something that wasn't real. You're not who you say you are. You're not worthy. Oh, that's a joke. People were laughing at you in their mind. Huh? Yeah. He'll get me. He'll get me when I walk. Look, he'll get me, but I don't believe it. One bit. He'll say, that's the worst sermon you've ever preached. People are looking at you stone cold, faced. Once a frozen chosen. They, they, ain't, they ain't called. I don't know why you even started a church. I'm telling you. But guess what? I leave it all behind me. And I know who God is. God, God, he ain't the one who gave me my anointing. He ain't the one who gave me my calling. He ain't the one who created who I am. 
he ain't the one developing who I'm going to become because I'm not all to my full potential yet. But baby, when I get there, when this city gets there, when we get there together, the enemy is going to be so scared of who God has called us to be that nothing's going to be able to stand in our way anymore. There might be a sea in front of us, but God is going to use his hand to depart the waters and we're going to walk through right on dry ground. No enemy, every enemy that's trying to come at you, unworthiness, anxiety, depression, all those things are going to be swallowed up by the Red Sea, swallowed up and destroyed by the hand of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now here came David. He came running to the battlefield. He said, Saul, give me your armor. And we all know that he put the armor on. It was too loose for him. And he took it off. He said, I can't use this. I don't need any armor when I got the protection of God. I don't need Saul's armor. I don't need somebody else's armor. I just need the hand and the protection of God to be with me. And all he did, guess what? He had practiced before because he killed a lion and his bear with what? His bare hands. And he said, this thing here, he ain't nothing. Who are you to defile the armies of God? And he ran up to the battlefield and he took that slinging stone with his hand. And I believe it was the hand of God that was with him. It was the spirit of the, of the living God that was within him. And he took that sling and he took that stone and he wielded that thing at the enemy. And I believe... My Lord, I just got a vision. I believe just like the rock, the stone it was, was... Jesus Christ just like when he was on the cross and he was shedding his blood the enemy thought it was over and that he was destroyed but God God my God he got up my God he got up on the third day when the enemy thought he was done when he thought he was my Lord I feel his spirit in here and when God God spoke to him and he slung that stone and he destroyed him he there was there was no more enemy that would be able to destroy them or taunt them why because the hand of God is what destroyed it the hand of God it was the rock of ages it was you want to know why it was the rock of ages how long does it take for for a rock to become smooth it takes years water is breaking over rocks back and forth making them rocks smooth making them rocks smooth for a time such as David grabbing the five stones, the five smooth stones, the Bible says. So guess what was happening? The water represents the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God was prepar preparing them rocks, preparing them stones back and forth back and forth for such a time. God is preparing you for a day where the enemy will not come against you anymore or destroy you or come against your thoughts. You're going to be so victorious. You're going to say, look, 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 that guy, you're, going to look, you, you're so desperate for a man right now. You're so desperate for a woman right now. You're going to say, get out of my way, devil. I know that. I know that God has somebody prepared for me right now and I'm not going to just settle for something over here when God wants me to have my best over there. I'm not going to let anything distract me from what God has for me. Um, look, look, devil, I know that you're trying to get me to quit. You're trying to get me to give up. But if I give up, I know that I'm never going to step into my full potential of who God has called me to be. So he tries to get you, but God is preparing you. He's preparing you. The Holy Spirit is filling you and preparing you for who he's called you to be, to be your full potential. My God, I, I still got a lot to go. I got a lot to go. So what... So what happened was, is God is saying, this is what God is saying, whatever I tell you to do with your hands, 
This is what he's saying. Now that the people, now that God is choosing his people to be his hands on earth, this is what God's saying. God is saying, whatever I tell you to do with your hands, I will do spiritually. Whatever you do, that's why it's so powerful. The Bible says that whoever touches and agrees on any one thing, it shall be done in my name. That's why he said when you lay hands on people, they shall recover. When you lay hands on people, they shall be raised from the dead. When you raise hands on people, they shall be delivered. When you raise hands on people, they shall be healed. That's why the hand, my God, the hand is so powerful because it's God and his spirit working and flowing through you. And it's his power, his Holy Spirit delivering power and it's his healing power working through you liberating he said what you do physically with your hand I'm doing spiritually with mine my God does anybody comprehend what I'm saying today though we may be listen to me though we may be having a physical separation from God he reveals himself through his signs and his wonders, just like we spoke about. So now that we can't actually see the face of God, we can't actually see him face to face because anybody who sees him will die because he's so magnificent. He's so glorious. If you were to see him, you would drop dead because he's just so powerful. You wouldn't be able to contain who he truly is and what he looks like. You would fall right to your knees and die. You would fall right dead because of his power and because of his glory and because of his magnificence. But he said, now that there's this separation, I'm going to reveal myself through signs. So what happened with Moses? He revealed himself through a burning bush. So he revealed himself through a burning bush and he showed up as fire. And he spoke to him through fire because if God showed up as himself in all his glory, Moses would have been dead. So he, he couldn't have did that. So he said, you know what? I'm, I, I've called you. I've chosen you. And so he spoke to him out of a burning bush, right? So he spoke to him out of a burning bush and he called him and, he de and he's developing him and he's chosen him to deliver these people out of Egypt and out of bondage. So he reveals himself to him from a burning bush. You understand? So now once they come out of Egypt and they're, they're going to the promise before they get to the promised land, the Bible says that they, there was there was. God revealed himself by what? By what? What did he reveal himself by? A cloud by day and fire by night. So he couldn't physically be seen. It was just signs of him being shown, of his presence being with them, being with them through through their deliverance, through their times. The Bible says that the cloud that was going before them, that was protecting them in the front of them, when the Egyptians were coming against them, what the Bible say? That the angel of the Lord, the cloud, went right behind them to protect them from the enemy. I believe that God is protecting you from those things that are trying to come against you. That ex-boyfriend that keep, keeps 
calling you and texting you and those people that betrayed you that are trying to destroy you and those those things that that have tried to destroy you in the past the, you're, you're sorry I didn't mean to spit on you it's all right man it's just it's the anointing just soaking in man it's the anointing it's the anointing <laughs> but I believe I believe that God is putting a barrier between you and the enemy that way nothing can touch you the enemy can't even come near you because the Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned for this is the inheritance of the saints my God, there's no weapon formed against you that can prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned. So what happened? I'm almost done. I got to get through this. My God. So Elijah on Mount Carmel, when he was with the false prophets, and when he was with, when it, what was her name? What was her name? Huh? Elijah. No. Jezebel. Yes. Jezebel, I couldn't think of her name. It slipped my mind. So when he, look, look, he, he was with Jezebel and with all the false prophets, and he said, you know what? This is what we'll do. We're going to dig a ditch, and we're going to put wood in it. And when we dig the ditch and put wood in it, we're going to put water in the ditch. And then you're going to call out to your God, and then I'm going to call out to my God. And whichever one answers by fire is the true living God. So now what happened? The false prophets kept calling out to their God. And, you know, Elijah, he's like, yell louder. That would be me. That's me. Or they scream a little harder. This is my personality. I love Elijah. And so now it's Elijah's turn. And he calls out to God. And God answers by fire. So he revealed himself to the false prophets and to those around him. By a sign, by his fire coming from heaven. So he couldn't physically be seen, but he spiritually is revealing himself by signs and by wonders. Do you understand what I'm saying? So watch this. If Elijah prayed to God for fire to come, and he revealed himself by fire, by one of his signs, then God will reveal himself by response to your request. Do I need to say that again? God will reveal himself by response to your request. So whatever you're praying for, God will reveal himself. Whatever you're praying for protection, you're praying financially, you're praying spiritually, God is going to show you by sign because what happens is, is that each time God we pray and God does something, it strengthens our faith even more. So by him doing that, what he does is he, but see, this is what happens. The reason why we don't have that, why God isn't revealing things to us is why? Because we're not going to him for a request. Ooh, did that hurt a little bit? So we're all walking around like, God, this is us. God, we were like little children. God, I don't, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have the job that you promised me. God, I don't have 
the marriage that you said I would have. I don't have the husband you said I would have. I don't have the wife. I don't have the home. My kids are crazy. God's like, well, keep complaining. I won't reveal myself. But if you actually pray, you actually call out my name and actually humble yourself, he said, I'll reveal who I am and answer your request. Just like he did with Elijah and how Elijah called out to him and and called out to him and cried out to him. God answered his prayer by fire and showed him a sign that God is real and that he's with him. And then all, you know, then we know that, you know, she spoke a word and he ran and he hid and he, and he got scared and blah, blah, blah. We know that. But what I want you to understand is, is that God will reveal himself to you by what you request from him. But if you don't, if you don't, if you don't go to him, how is he going to answer the request that you are trying to, that, that you want him to answer? Do you understand? So God will reveal himself by the response to your request. So Moses, now we get to the scripture. Wow, that was forever. Whew. So now Moses was at a place in his life. God, you used me mightily. You used me to pull the children of Israel out of Egypt. You performed signs and wonders. You protected us by your hand. Now, he says, if I go any further from here, I need you to show me your glory. Anybody in that place in their life? God, I'm like Jacob. God, I'm not moving until you bless me. I'm not taking another step until you bless me. I'm not taking another inch until I hear from you, until I feel you, until I know you're there and know you're with me and know you're going to get me through this and know that you're going get to me, get, me, get me through this struggle, get me through this circumstance. And he says, guess what? If you're going to get me, if you want me to move from here, you need to show me your glory. And God says, this is what I'll do. You want to see my glory? You can't see all of me, but I will let my goodness pass from you. And when I let my goodness pass from you, what I will do is, is my hand is going to cover you. And what I'm going to do with my hand is I'm going to set you up on the rock, which is a spiritual implication of Christ in the scripture. Of the only way to the Father is you got to stand on the rock. You can't get to the Father without going. You know what I mean? You can't get to the Father without going through the well, the only one who is Jesus Christ. You can't get to the Father. You can't get to the throne without being blood bought, without being washed in the blood, without being set free, without being born again, without being delivered because he is the only way, truth, and the life. And he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set you on the rock. You got to be on a firm foundation to see my goodness. You, And not only am I going to set you on the rock, but I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock. You know what Psalms chapter 91 says he says I will cover you with my feathers 
In other words, it was a metaphoric application of saying when a bald eagle is with her, with her other, you know, kids in the, in the nest. You know what I'm saying? When with the other little, what do you call them? I forget the name of them. But when they're, you know, when they're in the nest, yeah, there you go. And whether so, what it was is a metaphor of showing that God is cover in you by His hand, because they don't have wings. I mean, they don't have hands; they got wings. But what He was saying is, is that God's hand is covering you, is protecting you, is shielding you, is keeping you safe. He is my rock. He is my fortress. What is a fortress? You got to go into it to be safe. God said, I'm covering you. I'm keeping you safe. I'm keeping you protected from what the enemy is trying to do and from what he's trying to get you to do. Stand to your feet. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm wrapping this up because you all look tired and hungry. So what he said, God's hand of protection Now, this is what got me, okay? Is that God's hand of protection was shown throughout the scripture by protecting the enemy, but by protecting them from the enemy. You understand? Watch me. So, what really got me was so, God, your hand is shown throughout scripture, you know, as protection from the enemy. But now your hand is protection from yourself. I didn't understand it. So your hand was used as protection from the enemy, but now you're using your hand to hide Moses from yourself. You understand what I'm saying? So I believe what God was saying is, is that I have to protect you from all of my glory. Because if I gave it all to you at once, you would stop pursuing me. So I have to give you a little glimpse at a time just to keep you running after me. My God, did you feel that? I felt it. I, look, when God said it, I, I, just, I just felt the Spirit of God hit me. I, I just, I said, God, so that's why, that's why you keep me running back to you when, when, when I'm going through struggles and when I'm going through battles and, 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 and I feel like I'm just getting in my own way and I can't operate in who I'm called to be. He, yeah, he said, yeah, I allow things like that to happen so you can come running after me. I can't show you all of who I am. Because if I showed you all of my glory, you would stop pursuing me. So he said, I'll give you a little glimpse. So that way, you can keep chasing after me. Keep coming after me. Keep running after me. Like a deer that pants after the water brook. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled we wouldn't be hungry if we seen all of him in his glory. Because we've seen all we've had to see. But God said, I'll give you just a little bit to keep you coming back for more. Right? Let's pray.